This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons, not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. You're in for a treat today. Today's host is Danae Logan. She's an associate marriage and family therapist based in Los Angeles. In addition to her work with clients in private practice, she is a mindfulness coach, a yoga teacher, a tenacious wisdom seeker, and a California soul through and through, just like me. Her and I both have Tupac in us. Biggie was wrong. New York is where you visit. LA is where you live. Okay. She is known for her nurturing presence and authenticity. Danae specializes in supporting couples in finding more fulfillment in their relationships and how each of us can reclaim the aspects of our authentic selves we've been societally conditioned to turn away from. She absolutely loves facilitating group immersive experiences and retreats based around these topics. Danae is also the co-host of the podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Enjoy Danae Logan. Hi, Billy. Hi, Danae. Hi, everyone. I hope hope you're all doing well. How are you? Me? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, not everyone. You're not asking the world. Um, you know, I'm good. I, I love that you had this idea for us to sit down and have a conversation and sort of we've been taking over the single on purpose podcast. And I think you and I have some really rich conversations whenever we're road tripping together, or even just like, I feel like I'll drive somewhere with you for like 15 minutes and we'll get in the deepest, richest conversations. <laughs> and I'm like, God, I love talking to you, Millie. I agree. Um, you know, I feel I, I, I posted, I wrote a post last mm-hmm. week that it kind of just came to me. And when I posted, I thought about you because, and, and because you and I have had really different and interesting conversations around what love is or what we feel love is. Right. And there aren't very many people that I can have those conversations with about my, my perspective on love and how I hold love. And, Mm -hmm. um, how that perspective has, you know, that wasn't always my perspective and how it has evolved into this. Um, so I want to read my post and I guess we can get into (laughs) the conversation. Um, the post is we are meant to love, love fully. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. I can understand how that may be terrifying for some people 
loving fully doesn't nullify the impermanence or pain of life. It is only our, yet it is only our humanness that feels that love is something to own or keep. Our soul knows otherwise. Our soul knows love is boundless and everlasting, no matter what it looks like in our human experience. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, even as you're reading that, my heart just has such a big yes. I feel like, um, there's so many times over the last two years, especially because similar to what you were just saying, I feel like my concept of what love is, um, how we are meant to love has just had a cataclysmic shift. Mm -hmm. And it's really that it's not in alignment with everything that we are societally conditioned to believe love is. And there've been so many times where you have said things that have been like, Oh yes, like someone <laughs> understands. Um, and I think it's because both of us have had so many conversations and do so much work to really attempt to, I, I'm going to speak for you and saying yeah. this, um, to walk our walk in terms of the spiritual lessons that we're attempting to integrate. And mm -hmm. that I think a lot of times, at least for me, the space in my life where that wasn't in alignment and I didn't really challenge it was in my romantic relationships or in my love life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I love that quote you just read. I want to read another one of your quotes to you, if I may, because I heard you <laughs> okay. say this somewhere once and I was like, God, I love that so much. I kind of want to include it in my book, but you said, it's almost as if the truest expression of love is to allow others to be who they are completely. The ultimate way you show love of someone or something is to give it freedom. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm like, you're your worst <laughs> Damn, that's um, good. Yeah, damn, who wrote that? That was me. <laughs> yeah, that was you, really. You said that. Um, and I think I the title of my book is Liberated Love. And I, I think that there's so much about what we are conditioned to believe love is that is about fear and about binding and about control and about all of these things that are really not in alignment with some of these larger spiritual truths, you know? Um, and I don't know, like what that brings up for you as you hear me say that. Well, I have to say that my, the reason that love and, and loving someone and being in a romantic relationship with someone and being in a committed partnership with someone, the reason why freedom has become such an mm. important part of genuinely loving someone is that I didn't do that before. Yes. That whenever I tried to hold on to love tightly, um, as if I owned it, as if I mm -hmm. owned them, as if I owned their experience as an individual in this thing called life, I lost it. Mm -hmm. Right. I, 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 I lost them. I lost the gift that it is to love someone and the gift that it is to know myself in relationship. Hmm. Wait, say that again. Know myself in relationship. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, because we'll think about it, right? If I realize that whenever I tried to hold on to love in the way, it, in an almost a suffocating way, mm -hmm. When I lost that connection, when they left, 
with them went the lessons that I, that were also in store for me to evolve as an individual in that relationship, in that dynamic. Mm. So I, does that make sense? Yeah. And I guess what was throwing me a little bit, and you probably could see in my face was that the lessons left, right? Like Mm -hmm. there may have been different lessons that you were forced to sit with in them leaving. But I guess, yes, what I hear you saying in that is there were opportunities for additional lessons, additional um, points of growth to be had maybe with that individual that because I was attempting to cling on so tightly, I lost that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And and the reason I say that is that I do remember certain instances where they tried to communicate what Mm. I was doing to me. They, they genuinely tried to communicate. They tried to communicate what they needed or how they needed to be loved. And I just wasn't having it. It was like, I'm going to love you. (laughs) I'm going to love you. And that's Mm. it. And it was, it was really interesting. Um, to try and hold on to something or to someone so tightly. And I remember that what made, what made the sense of freedom click was I had a reading with a numerologist, like this was years ago. This was over 10 years ago. And she straight out said, she's like, it's not the men that you're with, it's you. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> feel that it's, really. <laughs> it's not them it's you yeah. <laughs> and I thought oh shit okay and that went that that set me off on this you know inward journey like what is it and then that's when I came to realize oh I need my own freedom I need my own freedom to be who I am to have my own interests, to travel alone, to do all of these things that fulfill me as an individual. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not giving that to someone else. Yeah. And why, right? The why Mm -hmm. is always about what I'm afraid of. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we believe that in every moment we're choosing between love or fear Mm -hmm. um, in the moments that we're reacting or attempting to control based on what we're afraid of happening, Mm -hmm. we are in opposition to love. And I think that's so much of, as I have worked with couples over the years, I've seen how much that is the space that we're operating from and calling it love. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think certainly, um, in the last couple of years, you have an astrology class on Sunday. So you would sort of be speaking to what was happening in the cosmos that, I don't know. And I, this is where I am going to ask you to sort of share with all of us what has been happening, because I think mm-hmm. it's important to have that context of like, this is a collective awakening that we're going through where we are realizing that we haven't been loving, that we have been putting love in boxes and in structures that are sort of um, fear-based structures and the opposition of love. But I think that you know, when you were talking a little bit ago, the reason I had a little bit of a reaction is because now I've come to understand each person that we are in relationship with becomes like this divine mirror showing us to ourselves and where we are in this moment, um, what our pain points are that are still alive for us to sort of wade through. And so it's always perfect. And, you know, I, I think there have been times where I can look back at some of my past behavior and love describing your, what you were describing. I was like, oh, yeah, I felt that. Really, um, 
<laughs> and it was perfect, right? Like it was so, I, I hold my younger self with so much grace in that like, oh my God, did she need that to see herself? But also so that when love comes again, I just, I will hold it so much differently than I was prepared to do in the past, you know? Absolutely. You know, a few things come up for me with that. I think, first off, I think that from an astrological perspective, this, this shift, this collective shift in consciousness really started December of 2020. Um, this, um, and, and it was, I don't know that we felt it right then, but as 2021 unfolded, mm. that's when we were met with I feel that that's when we were met with the, with our greatest fear mm. when it came to love that, oh, I'm not, I can love someone and not have to be with them in the way that I've been told I have to be with someone in the way that just because I love them. Yes. So when I, in terms of love, if we're just talking about love alone, I think that December, 2020 marked that time where there was this opening for all of us as individuals to cultivate our individuality. Mm. Essentially, we are all here for that. We're all here. We're, I, I say this a lot. We're spiritual. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Okay. Our spirit is here to have certain lessons. That's a very individual experience. Oh, yeah. So when you look at all of a sudden, when you look at love and relationships from that perspective and you honor your own path, you honor your own journey, you honor your spirit's uh, responsibility in this lifetime. How could you not honor that in someone else, especially when you say that you love them. That, that exact thing that you just named, it like brought tears to my eyes because that was what I could see and um, was not making sense to me. And you know how you're like, I don't know that I'm right, but this is what feels true to mm -hmm. me in my body. Mm -hmm. I would watch couples sometimes and the conflict. And that was the missing piece. If we understand ourselves as souls mm -hmm. who have come here for expansion and for self-actualization or whatever we believe is the work that we are meant to carry out in this lifetime, whatever our dharma is, um, our purpose, then how can we not hold with sacred reverence the journey, the purpose, the whatever this person next to me is meant to do with their life mm -hmm. um, and all of the lessons that they are meant to learn that are, as you said, individual lessons, how can we not hold all of that with reverence and call that love for them? Mm -hmm. And it's like, if someone is not in alignment with what I feel like they should be for me in this mm -hmm. moment, because it is what makes me and frankly, my ego comfortable in this moment, Mm -hmm. then I'm done with them, right? right? Like it's the cutoff, right? If someone does anything that I don't agree with, that's a wrap. And I'm like, that's not love though. Mm -mm. That's not loving that person. Mm -mm. Um, not really, right? Right. I, I, I think that 
maybe not, I don't know, maybe not the only way, but for me, my experience has been that the only way that I can have that type of respect and reverence for another mm. human being that I am in a romantic relationship with is to honor and have reverence for my own spiritual journey. Yes. And I think that that takes time. I think it takes time to unlearn that definition of love, that, that it has to be like a, like a, you know, almost this enmeshment of the two when it can't be, it just can't. <laughs> you know, it feels like such a yes. And to me, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I, I, both things feel true. I feel mm -hmm. like it can be this like dancing of like enmeshed energy feels like weird, the word, but yeah. like this dancing of the polarities of the masculine and feminine within mm -hmm. as we integrate those elements within ourselves. And so then it becomes, this person becomes like the perfect, what's the word? Um, teacher, partner, mm -hmm. all of these things along my journey. Like we enhance one another's journey because I feel like a lot of times when we have these conversations, the pushback or the response I get is that, so then we're just not supposed to like love anyone or we're just not supposed <laughs> to like want to share my life with anyone. Is that what you're saying today? And right. that's actually not what I'm saying. No. I'm saying to your point, we are just so much more equipped to do that in a responsibly loving way when we put and hold with our, with reverence, our own journey first, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Our own lessons first. Like what, what is this dynamic, this conflict teaching me, showing me about me first? And then I come back to my person and, and integrate those lessons, right? Yeah. You know, that I appreciate you saying that. I think that definitely that's a, that's a great point because what that brings up for me is how much, you know, the, the title or the label of, you know, boyfriend, fiance, husband, uh, girlfriend, wife, partner, whatever it is, right? There's something that happens in, in our psyche in mm -hmm. that, in that adds a different level of responsibility. Mm -hmm. I, I feel, or puts a different level of responsibility on that person. So, and I can't explain it. Maybe you can explain it better, but there's something that happens in that title that all of a sudden puts this veil over our eyes where because of that label, because of that title, they are supposed to be something else other than themselves. They're supposed to be something for us. If that's yes. my boyfriend, if that's my fiance, if that's my husband, he's supposed to do these things for me. And when we push that aside for a second, all you have is a person standing in front of you trying to figure life out as much as you can or as much as you are. They're just trying to figure out life as much as you are. Yes. And so right there is, I feel, where we go, like, from the potential of uh, this enmeshed uh, uh, connection to we're just, you know, we're just two souls and we oh. happen to be buddies. <laughs> let's, let's go at this together. There's something that changes when you can recognize 
the person's soul. And and here's the thing. Sometimes you're not going to go together. Yeah. It, it's so funny. Abraham Hicks often says, um, we'd say I like you pretty good. Let's see how it goes. But like, <laughs> it's like one of my favorite Abraham phrases. But I, I just had such a like light bulb moment as you were talking. Really, this is why I love you so much. Um, because, okay, so I come from a depth psychology background in terms of my education. And there's a lot about depth psychology that really steers us away from pathologizing. And it's not that we don't, you know, believe in using the DSM to diagnose or that like clinical psychology is like a wash. It's not that so much as there's the perspective that the minute I label someone, I can't see them anymore, right? So the minute that you have the diagnosis of a schizophrenic, I have a tendency to see your diagnosis before I see your humanity. <laughs> and I, I can, and it's not conscious and it's not intentional, but I will lack curiosity that is there without that label. I will just be present with the person and attempting to get to know them. So I think that is really true of our relationships as well. And I hadn't thought about it that way until you said just that. There's something about the ownership templates that we're raised in, where the minute someone becomes, quote, mine, in whatever way that looks like, um, you are my boyfriend, you are my husband. I've spoken at this for years. I, I have seen people who have lived together for, you know, 10 years happily, happily, whatever, right? But they've, <laughs> yeah. they've had fundamentally like fulfilling lives together. And then the minute they sign a marriage certificate, it's like something switches in the psyche that all of a sudden we can't get along. Everything is horrific. And it's the, you are mine now. And so I am somehow shifting the way that I treat you because you belong to me. And I think there is power in the idea of no matter what, we are not meant to own one another. Mm -hmm. And I think we bring a different level of respect for that person's journey into mm -hmm. our relationships when we hold it that way. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, thank you for putting those words to that. I, I knew that you would. Um, <laughs> and and sure? I have to share uh, the reason that that has become so clear to me mm -hmm. this this last year, and I've, I've shared this with you, um, my partner and I have been together for almost seven years. And this year has been the toughest year of our relationship. Um, mm -hmm. in that he has, he had unsteady work. And so that brought up a lot of stuff, right? Like mm -hmm. the financial stuff The it, he, you know, a lot of stuff for him was I'm the man I'm supposed to provide. And he was embarrassed that he couldn't, uh, contribute to our household in the way that he had been used to. And I just saw him and I thought, oh my God, like you're, you know, you're a person, you're going through something. Mm -hmm. And, and it also brought up my stuff of, holy shit, like he is the man. And should I expect him to provide? I mean, it was a really weird thing going on inside me where I could see this human being going through whatever he needed to go through at that time. Thank God for astrology, because I was able to see his chart and I was like, this is just something he's meant to go through. And it happens to look like financial stuff. Hmm. And this, this other part of me saying, should, should I just tell him, like, just go out there and get a job? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I saw that. And then I thought, I can't just 
tell this person to get over what they're going through and just go out there and get a job that you hate because you need a job. Like, it brought up a lot of stuff. And so I said to myself, no, he's a, he's a human, he's a person. He's a spiritual being having a human experience right now. And this human experience sucks. Mm -hmm. And I went, I chose to go from being, you know, his fiance, technically, to just being someone who's walking along this path with him. And thankfully I had enough work. We were okay, but I, I can't go into that space when I'm seeing someone clearly struggling with more than just money because it brought up so much for him. And you and I have talked about this before, you know, these expectations of men in our society and, it, and all of that. And it was just happening right before my eyes. And I thought, oh my God, this is how it is. And this is why as women, we react in the way that we do because we are just as conditioned as they are. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. I just, I'm so like, I don't know why it's like making me so emotional um, as I'm listening to you, but I think it's something in the layers of our, our programming and our training and how we are just like set up to not hold space for one another very well. You know, there's just so many ideas of like what we're meant to be as men and women, like, you know, gender norms and it just is so much simpler than we're taught to make it from my perspective. And I have this like new definition of love that I've been like, you know, sitting with and I kind of love it so much, but it's basically your soul is safe with me. Mm. Your soul is safe with me, with my soul. You know, um, one of my girlfriends, when her husband proposed to her, he wrote her a song and the lyrics to the song, I can't remember the whole thing, but they were like, I'm trusting my soul to you. I want to make you my wife. And I like almost cry every time I think about it, but it's mm -hmm. like, um, there's just something so beautiful to me in the way you were describing, like, I'm just another soul standing beside you as you're wading through these unbelievably <laughs> difficult waters of what it means to do this thing called being alive. Mm -hmm. And Anything less than that, I don't think is truly honoring what that person came here for, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and how do we make that person's soul feel safe with us? Yeah. I, that. Just how many of us go through life just wanting our soul to feel safe, mm -hmm. you know, let alone seen, right? but at least safe. And it's, it's that, I think we go, I think it's important to come back to that very simple, that very 
maybe not simple, but that very, that, that very simple truth of (laughs) we're just souls. We're just human beings doing the best that we can. And remembering that sometimes some people, some souls are just not ready to be held in that way. Yes. Yeah. I heard Jay Shetty talking about, like he was having a conversation with someone about like safety. And he was saying that a lot of times what he's realized in his journey was that he was trying to love people sometimes who weren't ready to be loved Mm -hmm. in the way that he, he understood what love was based on their pain, their life experience, someone like attempting to like fully open heart, love you just like actually felt overwhelming to their nervous system, you know? And I thought that was like a really beautiful recognition that he had. And he said, you know, a lot of times now what I just focus on is just like, you're safe. And I love that. You know, I just think that it's such a shift in perspective. Like I don't need you to be anything for me in order for me to love you. Now that is such a different paradigm than what we're raised in and what our ego wants to believe. Like it's very, Mm. you're not meeting my needs. Find a man who does this for you. (laughs) Like all of the like, transactional ideas of what love is meant to be in order for it to be love. But I think it's what you said before in order for us to genuinely be a safe place. And that means no manipulation, no agendas, no, you know, I say one thing to you, to your face. And then I say another thing to my girlfriends behind your back, none of that garbage, like for all of that to be off the table, I have to really be safe with myself. I have to really like, believe that I'm enough within myself. And that's a practice, but Mm -hmm. that is the work to be a safe place for another soul. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I say, do you know what I mean a lot? I just, (laughs) (laughs) we're we're just, you know, we're just trying to to communicate as clearly as possible. I think that what comes up for me with that is when I learned how difficult this humaning journey is when I learned how difficult, how hard, how heavy, how dark it can be sometimes to, to go within and and do the healing thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I learned that I had to have compassion for myself. Otherwise I was never going to get through it. Never. It dawned on me. Oh, okay. So if I'm going through this and it hurts me this much, sometimes if another person is going through what they're going through, whether, you know, intentionally or unintentionally aware or unaware, they're also going through a certain degree of pain. A lot of times, Mm -hmm. can I just have compassion for that pain? And can I remember that sometimes pain looking at life through, through the lens of our wounds of our pain just makes us do different things sometimes. And, and we make, sometimes we don't make the best decisions based on that pain. Mm. And can I have compassion for that? And in that compassion, have enough love for myself to, you know, take care of myself, take care of my heart. And also say, I know you're coming from that space. I get it. I get it. What comes from that really, I think, depends on each interaction. But I think 
the ability to be able to do that, again, brings us back to the space of how much we are individuals and we, we do get to walk alongside one another, but we don't get to intervene. Oof. Yeah. That's that part that, that it's not our job to intervene on another person's lessons on, you know, what we feel like things should look like in the moment that we feel like they should look like them. I think one of the most loving things someone taught me, and it was actually about a family member, not about like romantic love, but that like every part of your journey, Danae, has been necessary for you to come to the understandings that you've come to in this moment. Mm -hmm. And it is really necessary to give every soul the dignity of having that same thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's a I don't even know what this is from. Um, <laughs> but there's a quote that's like, trust in others to know what's best for them, right? Mm -hmm. And that is like the highest form of respect, really, that I think that this is where you should go, but I don't know the whole trajectory of your journey. So I can't really say for sure, right? right. Um, and I think that there's just, that is like respect, for another person and that sometimes where I would long for us to be, it's not in alignment right now. But if mm -hmm. we trust in the larger unfolding, if we trust that there is divine timing and that things come to us when they are meant to, um, then I don't have to try to control another person because I would like them to be here with me. You know, um, Maya Angelou speaks to that, like, that's liberated love. Like, I'd love for you to be here with me, but love means if that's not possible, go. I yeah. love you. And that to me is, this is where I get a little bit like, but, you know, I heard Wayne Dyer speak once to my goal in this life is to love the way that God loves. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. Like, it just makes me cry every time I think about it. Mm -hmm. But if you think about what that means, God doesn't say, I love you, God universe, whatever right. <laughs> feels, you know, safe and comfortable, um, and true, but God source doesn't say when you sort of turn away from source, like, okay, well then I'm done with you. Right. Source says, I love you. I'm, I, I love you. If you're in China, I love you. If you're in New Zealand, I love you. I'm not going anywhere. I will always love you, you know? Um, and I think the love doesn't necessarily mean we're in relationship. There's a label on this, mm -hmm. but if the love is love, the love is there mm -hmm. wherever that person is, because the truth of our connection, bigger truth mm -hmm. is that we don't need that person with us. We don't need a label on it. We don't need anything in order for there to be love. If it's love, am I making sense? Cause I feel oh my like, God. Just like my <laughs> no, it's just, uh, it, it's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Love. It's interesting. You, cause you and I talked about this last time. I think that, you know, it's talked a lot about nowadays, conditional love, unconditional love, and love is conditional and all of this from all of the readings that I've done at this point, it's been hundreds. Mm. I think that there are people who came to experience 
who came into this lifetime to experience a sense of unconditional love for someone that yes. isn't, you know, their child or their parent or, you know, that is a romantic partner. Yes. And I think that the truest test of unconditional love is being able to do that, that at some point you may have to let them go. You have to let them go and you still love them anyway. And you still love yourself enough to move on with your life. And that is unconditional love. Yes. Yes. And I think the important part in what you're saying is my love for you in no way minimizes my love for me, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. becomes a distortion of love as well. And that's not mm -hmm. actually love, that's fear. But if I can love myself with my whole heart and it doesn't detract from my love for me, for me to love you, that to me is unconditional love. That is like the purest form of love. Do you know what I mean? Right. I yeah. do. I do. And and like I said, I know that there's there's definitely a dialogue about conditional and unconditional love. Um, I get it. I get it. But soul, spirit, source knows otherwise. Mm. And when we begin to function from that space, there is no time space. There is no owning. Yes. You realize that it's everlasting. It just doesn't look like what we've been taught it needs to look like. Like what our ego would want it to look like. I think that when we really nurture that relationship with love, mm. we genuinely do liberate ourselves. And I think that we actually open up our heart to actually experiencing the love that we want to experience, but we have to let it free. We have to let it go. <laughs> I just, it's making me emotional because I feel so blessed to be alive right now. I feel um, to be alive at a time where people are having these conversations, a time where I have a friend like you who I can have these conversations with. Um, you know, you hear people talk about like 3D versus 5D and how we are like <laughs> shifting timelines into a time and space where we realize that we are not just these physical bodies, but that we are like the like tangible felt experience of what you're speaking to, right? Mm -hmm. um, that we are not bodies who have a soul. We are souls who have a body mm -hmm. and we, we feel the distinction. And exactly as you said, when we come into that state of consciousness, which I believe collectively we're, <clears throat> we are shifting into then all of those things, those limitations on love become so completely irrelevant. We can see that they were never real. Absolutely. Because I think that a shift and an elevation in collective consciousness requires that each individual is so complete within themselves that mm. these limitations and labels and all of that, they're they dim, they dim the light. Yes. Again, that doesn't mean that we can't have the boyfriend, the fiance, the husband, the home, but I think that freedom <laughs> has to be 
one of the priorities in relating. And because we're so much more than just each other's husband and wife and all of that. And, and that may rub people the wrong way, but it's okay. It's okay. It's, <laughs> there's something bigger at play. And sometimes people need to leave us or we need to leave people to fulfill that higher purpose. And the love can still exist. And, and it's, it's happening regardless, you know, these systems are falling away. These, like, we are coming into a space of, in all facets of our lives, requiring a sense of sovereignty, a sense of truth and freedom. And, um, you speak about this and anyone who doesn't, hasn't had a reading with Millie, please get yourself one because it's a game changer. Um, but I think that this is the collective awakening that we're going through. And I love speaking about sovereign monogamy. And I think there's nothing more beautiful right. than sharing our path with a partnership yeah. with a partner. Um, but we've got to do it in a very different way in the context of who we are becoming for it mm. to be sustainable, you know? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having this conversation. Um, Y'all, we're not making this up. This is the, the, the stuff that we talk about when we are, when Danae picks me up. And I kind we of forgot we were drink. recording. It's just us talking, really. This is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel so grateful for you, Millie. I feel like, um, you know, so much of what I have come to love and cherish about my relationship with astrology and certainly your teachings is that it feels like a way to have access to the messages from source mm. and you are such a divine channel and guide and just such a gift sister. I'm really, really grateful to have you in my life in this time in history. I love oh my you. gosh. You're so kind. I am <laughs> so, so grateful for you to have these conversations you're just such a force. You're, you're so powerful. You're so grounding. Um, I, I too feel very blessed to, to have you and to say, Oh my God, I get to talk to someone about this in this way. And you feel it as much as I do. So I hope that that <laughs> is what translates in this conversation. Um, I think that to hold love with certain limitations is to hold ourselves to those limitations. And, and we are so much more than that. We just have to give ourselves the opportunity to see, to see ourselves beyond those limitations. That's right. Yeah. Thank well, you so much. Thank you so much. I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, Please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story and you could just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single on Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also 
uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend.